Hello and welcome to The Wise Why. This morning I am joined by the amazing, wonderful, energetic Lindsay McLaughlin, who I met at a Women in Business networking event run by Howard Feathers. So oh, you can start to see there is some kind of theme going on with the people who come on The Wise Why because it's people that I have spotted and just gone, wowzers that's a life force. And as usual, the show is not about me. It is about my guests. So straight over to Lindsay, please introduce yourself to the audience. Well, how nice to be described by as a life force. Um, how very sweet of you. Um, so my name is Lindsay McLaughlin. Um, I run Athena Network Territories. I have two franchises, actually, one in Maidenhead and Marlow and one in Southwest Oxfordshire. So um, I have six groups and it's women only networking, which is all about training, support and collaboration. And I just love it. It's what gets me up every morning. It must be super busy because, you know, it's six. Did you just say six groups I run six all, groups six groups all women so how many women are in the network oh across the whole network there's 150 groups across the network um, and each group has varying sizes but we've got about 1300 members approximately wow. and because we're online now the networking reach is so much further so as as a member you become a member of your own group say it could be Abingdon or Oxford or whatever it is. And so you have a localness to it. And so you're able to meet people in the local area, but you can travel without traveling to any other group across the network to expand your reach. So the opportunities are endless, really. That's incredible. But you didn't start off networking, did you? You've got an absolutely amazing story, which I didn't know, know about until you sent your bio through. And I want for the first question I want to ask you is, where were where was the your parents business based ah okay so my parents had a business which was actually my grandparents business then my parents business and it was selling ice hockey and ice skates and rollerblades and it was based in kingston and it was it was always in my family background and it was always around the family table and it was always sort of discussed. I sort of grew up with it, really. Um, so I grew up in a business conversation environment. And um, so what happened was um, so the sad part, this is the sad part. Um, I went to university in my late 20s and my mother was very ill with cancer so she sadly passed away uh, while I was at university and I had always intended to go into the family business to learn from my father and learn from my mother and sadly my mother passed away um, and this was decision time for me so she she died on the Thursday I left college on the Friday and I took over her role on the Friday so on the Monday um, on the immediate Monday after that. So, which was a bit, um, nobody was pressing me to do this, but it felt like the right and the honorable thing to do. So I left my degree halfway and then became, took over my mother's role, oh. which wasn't easy. So I've got a lovely story that you don't know about. You really don't know this. So when did the business, when did the, the business close? Because I've got something really exciting to share here. <laughs> oh, um, yes. When did it go? Uh, oh, gosh, now you're asking. Um, I would say, oh, gosh, now I have to think. I really do have to think about this. In the 90s? Yes. Yeah. So I I bought my brother's boots from you. 
I bought, Did bought you? My own. Yeah. So I came in. Now this, I, I've, I've held on to this. I didn't tell you this beforehand. I came in when I was doing Starlight Express Skate School and I bought a pair of, yeah, I knew you'd love this. I bought a pair of white ice skating boots, which you put on my rollers. So you yeah. probably don't remember me, but I came in and bought my, and they are downstairs in my garage because I'm teaching my daughter to roller skate. So from my skate school at Starlight Express, I came to your shop because I grew up in Epsom. So you didn't know that. <laughs> That's extraordinary. So did you meet me? Because I do remember the skates going into Starlight Express. I remember that promotion. Yes, yes I met you. I think you fitted my shoes. <laughs> so I've held on to that nugget until this moment because I wanted to double check before I shared it that it was actually your shop so if I'd given to you that before we went live that we, we wouldn't have got that lovely oh my goodness moment but yes I was one of your customers and I loved your shop and my boots are still got the black um because I had to the starlight boots had to not uh, leave a mark if you remember and yeah. the toast buffer, and I remember going no, 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 no. and I didn't want to go for the brown boots which all the starlight had I wanted my white ones which I'm about to, with my daughter spray paint and I'm talk, teaching my daughter to roller skate so yeah <laughs> wow what an <laughs> awesome surprise to have thank you I, I remember the event I remember going to the show I'm so sorry I don't remember you personally well, you but... wouldn't have done I was just one of the many so what people don't realize about Starlight Express was you had to go with Aunt Eileen Phillips was the this will be an interesting one so Eileen Phillips had skate school um and various different people coached it and a lot of my friends I never got in a lot of my friends did so you will have supplied boots to a lot of the people that I trained with when I was training at Arts Ed. So, yeah, I just thought that was a really lovely moment to bring in that you wouldn't expect. So did you grow up in Kingston? Yes, I grew up um, around Isha, around Kingston, and was away at boarding school and things like that. And then my parents moved into London. And then, um, they, then, we, then my mother passed away, and then I worked with my father selling um, ice skates and rollerblades and so on and so forth. And the role that I had, actually, I wasn't very well suited to. So my mother was the um, bookkeeper, company secretary, payroll, she did all the books and did all the numbers. And um, I just simply thought I could sort of follow her footsteps. And it wasn't my natural place. And, you know, even at university, when I was doing sort of the finance side of my business studies degree, uh, it was harder for me to kind of get my head around than, say, the marketing side of things or the, the personnel side of things or the people side of things. And um, so it wasn't an it wasn't easy for me <laughs> to do this. And because um, it wasn't I wasn't doing what came naturally. Everything was just a little bit uphill for me because I just couldn't do it. I mean, I did it, but I didn't find it easy. And on the other hand, with the arrival of rollerblades and roller skates and so on, I, I got involved in that and I ran various promotional events and street skate, you know, hockey events in Brighton and the clothes show and stuff. So I found out I really like the marketing side of the business and um, the people side of the business and the communication side of the business. So, so I learned a lot there. Um, and working as a double act with my father was was a good thing. He was a um, he was a very powerful, exuberant character. He's passed away now, but he was a very vi uh, not violent, no, I, vibrant. Character. Vibrant, yeah, I heard that. Um, 
and and I was sort of the person behind the scenes sort of helping with his exuberance I suppose and we made a super team for about sort of 10 years and then the business finished and then it was what do I do now so how did you evolve? Because I'm not even going to try and say the company that you moved to with the, the CEO who saw your potential, which I think is really in, really interesting because a lot of the time you go in, you're trying to fit somebody into a role. Mm-hmm. But this person actually, and I wondered who this the CEO was because this person saw your potential and helped and supported you to grow, which is pretty much what the Athena Network do. But it's interesting to, to understand that nurture that you got from this person. Yes, it was it was NXL, which is an awarding body. Um, you'll, you'll see their names around sort of GCSEs and, and qualifications. So um, I didn't know what to be. So I, the business was finished. My father had retired and I didn't know what to be or what to present myself as because um, I knew some marketing. I knew how to run a business and um, I had some reasonably good admin skills, but I didn't know the what in terms I wanted what I wanted to present myself as. So um, I was offered a contract by Adexel. So it was six months to work with the CEO at that time. Her name was Tina. And it was diary management, a full-time six-month role running her diary. And that was all it was, diaries and meetings, diaries and meetings and taxis and making sure she got to the right place at the right time with the right papers on the right meeting, the right people. And I loved it. It was, it was like, setting up a crossword and everybody knew everything at the right time in the right places and I I loved it um I loved the sort of movement of people side of it and um and I think she thought I was doing a good job so at some stage at the end of the six-month contract she sat down and sort of went "Who, who are you what's your story um so I told her the story about the wholesale business and the skating and um the rollerblading and the events and my father and all of that and so she said so you've got a sort of business head um and you like marketing we need somebody to develop a team in the business side of Adexcel and what they were doing was they were creating a team for um business side of qualifications so it was sort of NVQs to businesses so for instance hairdressers might need NVQs for their staff and it was sort of marketing and selling the idea to BTECs and things like that so there was no team there was no department there was nothing that was just the plan and so she said I just wonder whether you wanted to do that set up set up a team and run it so um so I did um and that actually was the moment where I sort of to vet my, I learned my first networking skills, but I didn't know there were networking skills until later on when I looked back. But it was setting up a brand new team <clears throat> to market towards the business side of qualifications. Isn't it interesting? And, and I do find this interesting. The word networking. So I've, I've talked about this before. The word networking doesn't mean going and meeting people to me. It means your infrastructure for your 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 office. It's your oh my goodness it's your ethernet cable it's your managed switch it's your core network so I really struggled when I first heard the word that you've got to go out business networking because what went through my head was the internet mm-hmm. so it's it I would much prefer it to be communication skills but and that is ultimately and I'm not pushing you down the rabbit hole here but I'm interested to know because the Athena network because of the skills you got at is it a deco a deck cell. ask a dyslexic to say a word that you can't even see it's like Um, but it's interesting that combination because we now talk about networking as what it is but in the old days we used to call it meetings and 
and connections. But that is that is a foundation of what you do at Athena, isn't it? It is. And so if, if I just sort of take you back and fill the gap that happened in Adexcel, it's, it is creating relationships before you need them. That's what networking is. And what I did at, at, at Excel was I was suddenly given this task of creating a whole new team of people in this awesome sized building in London, which was different to where I'd been before with a small business. This was a huge organization with hundreds of people and large departments. And I remember thinking, if I need to create this team, I need to know people in the building. And I decided to make a friend in every single department across that whole building. Um, and that was my first strategy, because I thought if I need printing, I need a friend in the printing department. If I need marketing, I need someone in the marketing. But the problem with payroll and so on and so on and so on. So over the first three months, I walked the building um, and made a friend in every department. So I invited one person for lunch every single day um, so that I had relationships in place before I needed them. So that was a networking strategy, but I didn't know I was doing it. So roll on into my world of Athena. And that's what I say to people, what you're doing is you're making relationships before you need them. So that let's say you're running a business. And I was listening to your podcast with Susanna last week, uh, Kirsty, and you were saying it's time to perhaps sort of work with a VA or something. So now you might well know virtual assistants who, and you're probably a little bit in your heads going, well, I'm not quite ready to have a conversation, but you've grown the relationships before you need them. And that's what networking is. It's, it's interesting because I don't think you can grow, you can escalate or grow a business without those relationships. And uh, I was talking to somebody last night and we were talking about the, uh, actually we were talking about how I had got to where I am now. And she said, you know, you've, you've got there really quickly. And I went, but I embrace networking quite quickly. And whilst I couldn't afford a lot of networking, and the one of the things a lot of new business owners will say is, I don't have time. And I'm going to say, you have to make the time. Now, I'm not, as you know, I'm not a member of the Athena Network, uh, because ultimately it's time at the moment. But it's that thing of you have to go out there. You have to find the people that are going to be your tribe. Yes. And are these people you might not be in the same network with, but they are very much the people that would catch you and hold you. And a lot of people also think, oh, I had this, oh, when I go networking, I want to sell. And it's like, I've never sold at a networking event. And I'd love you to explain a bit more on that because a lot of people, especially new startups, think when you go networking, you've got to pitch and you've got to sell. Mm-hmm. It absolutely isn't that. It, and I think if you, um, if you give off a, a vibe of, selling people go the other way and I think you know I didn't know this when I first started networking so if I introduce you to the story about when I was first introduced to networking I had created so I'd left LXL roll on roll on a bit of time and I now had a proofreading blogging and copywriting business and I created a website and I created a website and somebody I knew said well you've got to go networking and I no don't want to do that the website it'll bring me all these people and you went it won't um so if you want to go networking, I, I honestly, I didn't, I went pretty much kicking and screaming. I thought networking was, um, well, I had all these fears and um, which I'm sure everybody does before they go to a networking event, because you have this idea that you create yourself, that everybody in there is so successful and smooth and capable and, and you're not. And that's, that's what I was thinking. So 
I took a deep breath and I walked in because it was offline. I went in, in those days. I went walked in and um, just fell in love with the people and the vibe and what they were doing. And and so I joined that day. It was a lovely, for me. It was an Athena meeting. And so I went and I stayed. But one thing I learned quite early on was that what I was doing was I was making a really big mistake. And I was starting to say things like, "Oh, do you have marketing materials? Hmm. Do you have anybody check them over?" Um, and what I was doing was actually sending people the other way, and it wasn't helpful. And I it took me two or three months for this penny to drop that actually it's not about steering the conversation back to your business and how you can help. It's actually, what can I do for you? How can I help you? And the more you put into the giving and the helping, the more you help the networking soup. And you create a really strong networking reputation and networking persona. And then you're the one people refer to when they have an opportunity for you. So that's what it is. It's it's about giving. It's about helping. It's about feeding the soup, really. I love that. I really do. So I want to touch because we skipped quite a bit. Yes. You moved from Kingston or London to... Um, Henley and you set up a child minding business now that is also building a network it was so you're absolutely right so um finished at excel at excel then moved to Henley with my family um and we had one child one daughter and a baby on the way and then a third baby came along later so three girls um so I had three children under four at one point and um sorry, Um, we'd moved to Henley and I had been working in London but hadn't created a network yet in Henley because the kids were too young for school, they were in nursery and I was working in London. So finished with London and now I was in Henley and what to do, Um, how to actually earn a little bit of money to continue contributing to the house and have a structure. I like routine. I sort of like knowing what's happening each day. So I set up a child minding business as to give me routine so that I knew which child was coming on which day and which who were liked the ducks and which one liked painting. And then, um, but also I met lots of parents. I met lots of people. I went to lots of baby groups and things like that. So I created an internal Athena, no, no not Athena, didn't come till later, an internal Henley network, which still serves me actually. It's it's really important because obviously I'm at that my my daughter's in primary and the we've talked quite a lot on the show about the mums network and how important it is and how it will carry you through. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the, the the sort of primary age, but you're at the going to university and people fleeing the nest and and I'm sure your mums network are there for you right now. Absolutely, and I've created some amazing friends over the year in Henley. Absolutely. Um, it's yes, so time's moving on. So my three girls are uh, one's at university in Newcastle, and um, she's sort of settling in. It's it's as far as I can see, it's party, 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 then a lecture, then party, party, I think, up there. And it's a long way away, it's 200 miles. Um, so that's uh, taking some adjusting. And then my next daughter, Laura, is about to do A levels next summer. And so we're looking at what she's going to do. She wants to do physiotherapy. So I know nothing about physiotherapy. Um, So it's a bit of a learning curve for us all as we sort of get to grips with that. I mean, 
Wendy was doing economics, which was a sort of subject that you can understand within our backgrounds, I suppose. Then um, physiotherapy for Laura, and then Anna's just about to go and do her A level, so she has to change schools. So it's actually it's all change in our family at the moment as they all move to their next stages, and my husband's retiring as well. So everything's on the move. But, but you haven't got time twice. You're great with change. And, you know, it's very brave to give up life in London. Was it London you left? Yeah. So it's really brave to give up London life and move to Henley. That must have taken, apart from you not having the friendship and that network, it must. there's a big change in pace of life as well that people don't necessarily know until you've done it. Because, you know, when I was in London, I walked everywhere. I didn't think about it. I would walk from where I was living to the centre of town. I was in and out. It was busy. And then I moved out to rural Oxfordshire and got completely confronted with no um, streetlights. And I'd grown up in suburbia, as in just a, a just outside Epsom. And so this was all very different. It must have been different for you as well. It was, but you know something, with having had um, a baby in London and working in London, you're not using London properly anyway. You, you tend to sort of, you're going straight to work and doing your doing, and then you're far more focused on your hours at the office because you've got to get back to the nursery by six o'clock to pick the baby up and things like that. And then you're feeding the baby, putting the baby to bed, and then you're on you go again for the next day. And then that's how it sort of rolled, really. So you're sort of, in, in how I looked at it, was, or how we looked at it, was this, you're not really using London properly anyway. So then when we moved to Henley, it's a different lifestyle there because you, you tend to make friends and people you know through the various routes. And you can go out in town, you're going to know people. You go to a restaurant, you're going to know people. I found that... A really big change and I didn't know what to do when you when you went out for dinner with the friend that you've chosen to go out for dinner with or your husband and there'd be a friend sitting somewhere two three tables down do you invite them to join you at the table or do you just acknowledge and smile and say hello you know it took me a while to learn the rules on that one because they're actually on their private evening out as well um whereas with my London self thought oh crikey what is the rules here I you know, love that I genuinely love that because I can remember, um, and unfortunately, the friendship's passed. Yeah, it's it's gone now. But I remember a friend of mine saying to me, when we go out, they, they were very London-centric, when we go out, you're always saying hello to other people. You're not focusing on me. And I'd be like, but they live in the village and we've got things to talk about because our kids are at school. or And, and uh, oh, we've, we've got, uh, oh, because I'd got into that country set, and there is, I do feel like the country wife, um, you know, I got into that country set where it was, that's what you did. You went, hello, how you do? How are the kids? You have a quick conversation. Then you go to your table. But that was considered incredibly rude by my London friends. So it's an interesting moment to, to bring up. So as we're talking about friendships, there must be people who have absolutely inspired you along the way. Friendships wise. Um, well, but, and people, just people. People wise. I, I think, you know, I get a lot of inspiration within the network, um, business wise. I, and it's it's watching the women, you know, what gets me up in terms of sort of Athena is, is people coming into the network and they know they've got to do it. And they were a bit like me when I first started. And you sort of hear them listening to you and going okay I'll try that Lindsay says this is going to work and then you watch them grow and then you watch this brand new confidence 
come. So that inspires me, just the sort of growth of, of women in business, just stepping out of themselves and trying something new in a sort of safe environment. In terms of inspiration, I always look to Jacqueline, who, who created the network. She's on fire. She's um, 18 years later. She's leading us all and training us and giving us new ideas as to what we can do for our members and how we can serve them. Um, you know, then for sort of inspiration above that, you could look at Mayor Angelou and one line that she has, which I always try and get right when I repeat it, which is people will hear what you say hear what you hear hear what you say but it's actually how you feel that it's that it's that I always get it slightly wrong as I try and test myself to every time to remember it but it's about looking and talking and how you feel and that's a a statement that I try and live by all the way through my networking and as groups that I lead it's really important I always say this it's not what you say it's how you say it because how you say it is driven by what you feel. And so, you know, you can have the sentence of, I love you. It's such a simple one. And I love you can be beautiful, or it can be the most painful, hurting, most destructive word in the, you know, sentence in the world. And, and it's powerful in so many ways. And so how you say it, how you feel when you say it is really key. I'm going to look that quote up and after this can we put it into the comments because it'd be really good because I know people want to look at that um so we've talked about your life we've talked about where you've come from and how you've ended up in Henley um if you had one thing a magic wand moment I've never asked this question or very rarely ask it if you had a magic wand moment what would you do with it I know good question (laughs) it's a great question I think Right now, for me, in my family world, we're going through transition. So um, my husband's retiring. I'm looking to sell my Maidenhead and Marlowe franchise to give myself some more home and work balance life, more time with the family. But then the family are fleeing. (laughs) So they're all going into sort of university lives. and, And I... I'm really looking forward to being a part of that change and going to wherever it is they are to do whatever, you know, see them in their places and spend more time with my husband. So at the moment, as I speak to you today, we are having a lot of family conversations internally about the retirement, about the potential sale of the other region and about what life's going to look like for my husband and me when, you know, we have this more time <laughs> with each other. Because I say to him, I married you for life, but not for lunch. That's, that's our sort of internal conversation at the moment and then the three kids so if I had a magic wand I'd quite like to jump about six or eight months to this new life I'm going to have and the more exercise time I'm going to have the swimming time the time with the dog the lunch on the days I want to have lunch with my husband um so I think I'd go for that because at the moment I feel there's a lot of conversations to be done a lot of exploration to be done a lot of conversations still to be had before we everything settles into the new what it's going to be. I love that. I really do. So Athena was originally face-to-face. Now it's online. Mm-hmm. That must have taken some adjusting to. And obviously we've all been affected by the pandemic. So I'm just wondering what that adjustment period was like. 
Okay, so yes, we at Athena saw, you know, like everybody else, saw the threat perhaps coming over the hill that, you know, there was going to be a lockdown. Um, but at Athena, what we did was we planned for it. So there are 30 approximately regional directors. There are 30 people like me running regions around the country. We met every single day over Zoom for 10 days ahead, ahead of the lockdown, going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to manage this? The answer was go online because what we were thinking of was our members are women and they are in various ages and stages of their lives some were at home and they were going to have their husbands at home and they were going to have kids to look after and kids to homeschool there were going to be people who are single and at home and be isolated what we said was we have to stop to prevent the isolation so we put on extra events we had vuddles virtual huddles um, where you could women could just call in and cry and go, oh my goodness, I, you know, I can't do this or I'm on my own or I'm worried about my mother or I can't go to the nursing home. So we ran those. And then we also said to our members, you know, you're still a member of Maidenhead or Abingdon or wherever it was, you can now travel and visit any group anywhere for no extra cost based on one simple membership. So that was extraordinary um it saved a lot of people even members still say to me now if you hadn't done that i'd have been broken um it looked after a lot of women it gave them contact with women who are like-minded who cared so but what actually also happened was that businesses and women served each other in different ways. We had speakers, I mean, I've had speakers from Nottingham, Bournemouth and so on contribute to my meetings, which just would never have been possible offline. So the transition was overnight, but what we did is within Athena, still sticking with how we managed it as regional directors, we had Zoom meetings for the whole three months, every single morning throughout, just to keep look after each other, because we all had our own issues to think about, but also to look how we could look after our members more. What could we do? So we had virtual cream teas. We sent spun, uh, Victoria sponge messages to uh, recipes to people and told them to come with fancy hats. And we had an online with hundreds of people and then we've had online festival with hundreds of people across the world and you can set an incredible vibe online and so I've fallen in love with it I've fallen in love with the opportunities but I haven't forgotten how nice it is to meet offline as well so we have so the transition is to an online network with offline networking at the discretion of the regional director so I get my members together every quarter or so offline that's what happened and it was amazing I, I genuinely love that I love that the way you've talked about women supporting each other and also refilling your cup because it's very easy particularly when you're in that kind of leadership role that you've given out and you've given out and you've given up but nobody's refilling your cup so it's really lovely to know that you actually have that incredible support yes. through the whole of the network it's pretty powerful so you've had a lot of changes in your life and I love the way that you've adapted and brought those changes in um aha moments I love this question there must have been a few aha moments I think I think my aha moment was this this was the day that I took over the Maidenhead and Marlow region so I'd been in inside Athena for years and I'd been built by Athena that's how I describe it in that Everything that's grown and changed in me since I walked into Athena has been because of an Athena woman somewhere doing something. And um, 
the Maidenhead and Marlow regional director previous to me announced in a meeting that she wanted to sell her region. And I went, oh my God, I want it. And I didn't hear myself say it until it was said. And people in the room went, oh my goodness, you'd make a great regional director. And um, I went, oh my God, I want it. Everything wobbled inside me. And I, so I spoke to her and I said, what do I have to do to do this? And um, with three months later, I was the regional director. So that to me was an aha moment. I, I had found for me what I needed to do and I fit. Um, you know, remember those days I was trying to do my mother's job? I didn't fit. I fit this. I get this. Um, I love this. And I have loved it since that day I said I wanted it when I didn't even know I did. Um, that was my aha moment. And I've loved every minute. And that shines from you. That is one of the things when I walked into that women in networking room, I mean, I didn't sit on your table, but I, I sat at another table. Was, there was this shining energy coming oh, from you, you, why I call you a life force, because you really are. And anyone I speak to goes, oh, yes, she's amazing. So, and of course, I know, it, interesting enough, tying back to one of my first, earlier Wise Wise, is I had Yvonne Pritchard on the show and she knows you yes. and Yvonne also has a lovely shining honest energy she was vulnerable on the show and you know it was just beautiful absolutely beautiful and I love that honesty I really do and I I really have thoroughly enjoyed you sharing your honesty and your vulnerability this morning so I hold that and say thank you on that note you get to ask me a question now I don't know what this is going to be oh <laughs> Okay. Um, what? Okay, I'll ask you a question. What I'd like to know is, you know, you you work on your own. What was your first step into networking like for you when you started your business and someone said you needed to go networking? How did so, you feel? Excuse me, Zakov. Interesting because obviously, uh, so everyone knows I was an actor. So acting is when you go to the theatre, you're networking. You're it's very different. You're you're getting drunk a lot. Um, it's very different style of networking. You're going partying and you're going out at nine o'clock at night and coming back at six in the morning. So it's a slightly different way of networking. Um, it didn't stop the nerves. So mm. the first time, and I've talked about this with Sharon um, on the Sharon Smith's Wise Why, when I walked into the Women in Business Networking event, it was uncomfortable uh, because suddenly I wasn't going from, I wasn't going as Kirsty Elkin the actor and I wasn't going as my corporate head I was walking in as me and I hadn't quite found let's be let's be brutal on this I hadn't quite found my business model mm -hmm. uh, the pandemic had changed what I wanted to do so I had gone down a route that actually I have to say my tagline worked it stopped people in the tracks but I didn't want to pitch and I didn't I, I found I, I didn't quite fit it wasn't I didn't fit it was just that people kept talking about this 60 second or 30 second pitch and I kept going, but you don't pitch. Why are you pitching? Why are you pitching? So I had to learn that terminology, I think is my, the biggest thing where they say, say pitch and I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to pitch. I'm going to serve. I don't, don't do pitching. I don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that elevator pitch. So I think it was about sort of settling in um, the kind of person I am this platform is my networking, you know, inviting people onto the show, listening to their life story. Mm -hmm. And that's actually how I've built probably my network up is through this, the wise why, because I get to hear your stories mm -hmm. and I get to know about you. And then when I see you in the street, I can come up to you and go, I love your story. We can have a hug and we know each other. So yeah, in interesting. I did try business um, 
oh, business coaches uh, as a form of networking. It didn't work for me. Um, what I found was I want to flit in and I want to flit out. That's the kind of person I am. I'm, I'm a, I want to be, a, I, I, I want to, I'm a people watcher. Mm-hmm. So I have to people watch. So what you've done is you've, that's very interesting. You've found, you've found your way that suits you. And I think, you know, as I think we agree, networking brings so much and brings so many opportunities, but you need to find what suits you, where your tribes are and where you're able to fly and be comfortable at the same time. And um, absolutely this, this, what you're doing here is super powerful and, and very much enjoyable. So keep going. <laughs> Well, you get a copy of this. So this is what people don't, probably don't realise about the wise why. When I get the time, because I really do need to get a VA, um, when I get the time, and I've actually got a meeting in about an hour and a half uh, with somebody. So when I get the time, then I share this with you and you get a copy. And you get to and do what you want. I honestly cut me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> people always laugh when I say this. I go, yeah, go use your, your editing software turn it into, into portrait and cut me out and go fly with it because you know, I love the show. I love these conversations. They're very, very precious. And what I love about The Wise Why is it's really honest. So thank you for your honesty today. Thank you for giving your time up. And I hold your story dearly in my heart. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing about that the rollerblade story at the front. So uh, there's a surprise. So thank you for the whole thing. It's been a joy. No problem.